Jesse does all the caffeine pills. I'm so excited. I'm so Oh my goodness. Please tell me you're recording this. I I it's it's on the audio. I just started the video. So okay. it's on the well, audio for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll save my, my dramatic acting for next time. Start the show. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host. I am the well, ring announcer to the stars, the Twitterless heroine herself, the most professional podcaster, and of course, the queen of soft style. Says it right here, Miranda Morales. And this is my show. So welcome to it. I'm very excited to have you listening. Or if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm here again. We're doing it again. It's another week. Uh, more wrestling has happened. Uh, it's actually been a very, very exciting week in wrestling. We'll be getting into tonight's topics very shortly. Uh, but you know, I don't do this show alone. I physically can't cause I don't have all the buttons and you know, that lots of technical stuff behind the scenes, but also because you know what, it wouldn't be the same without my friend, the chairshot.com's kingpin. Greg DeMarco. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. That's me. I'm here. I, I changed up the order a little bit, but it's still the same. You, d- you, you, you are still the kingpin of the yep. chairshot.com, and you are the chairshot.com's kingpin. I got downgraded to friend, though. That's, that's, that hurts. Well, I mean, you are yeah. one of my best friends. We've already established, I you know, know, just like you have two best friends, and myself and Patrick O'Dowd, I also have two best friends. Um, one is on this show and does the show with me. The other best friend... Uh, doesn't even really know this exists. Uh, really? So, I mean, she kind of knows it exists, but like never would she listen to it. Cause it would be, I don't know. It would just, I would love to have her on the show one day. I'd love to actually, I've been thinking about this and I want to do, uh, like a drunk wrestling, uh, sort of like drug history, but just talking and explaining wrestling to okay. people who are not, I've done this before. I've done this with two of my very best friends. Um, I think we were in Colorado visiting and I was at that time explaining to them what I do as, as a ring announcer and an interviewer. And they were both kind of stunned. We ended up fantasy booking a storyline, how we would all become part of this team that would take over a promotion. Uh, so I love how, like for people who don't know anything about wrestling or aren't fans, eventually if you have enough drinks, you'll fantasy book anything. True. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's I a think, fact. I think you start by, letting her know the show exists and have her listening to it, but, and then, and watching it. And then we get into, you know, having her on. That's just my suggestion. Yeah. It's your show. No. Yeah, it is my show and I'll do whatever I want. Uh, uh, trust me, uh, that I is know. still a good suggestion. So, you know, maybe I'll follow it. 
But uh, I mean, we have a, a lot to talk about. We had a packed weekend uh, of wrestling. Specifically, we're going to be talking about NXT 31. This show came out of nowhere. I mean, not out of nowhere. Um, but you didn't see it coming. You did because it was scheduled. But you didn't realize how good it was going to be. I think everyone had high expectations because it's a takeover. But this one in particular didn't have any fancy, you know, titles. Uh, didn't really have anything, you know, that that made people say, oh, my gosh, this is going to be great. But yet every single match on this card uh, was was wonderful. And, and we'll talk about that. And then we're also going to be talking a little bit about this Monday night, this past week's Monday Night Raw. Um, we got storyline uh, about retribution retribution and uh we now have a leader of this group uh gray and i have been on this show uh several weeks ago talking oh man is uh, is it just too easy i've already seen the comparisons between the dark order or people saying like who do you like better retribution or the dark order and it's like so what if i like neither like does that count as anything well, i don't I... I'll save my answer for that for later. Yes, yes. I would say, but I will say that the Dark Order is way more entertaining um, on like BTE. <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah, but should I, they be? If you think about in terms of what they're supposed to be, should they be more entertaining? I don't care. I like dumb stuff. Like the Dark Order on, on, uh, uh, on, uh, um, uh, on the being the elite videos are hilarious. Like that's the dark order I want to see on TV, but I love dumb stuff. So that's why, um, if, if you don't like dumb stuff, if you want to take your storylines too seriously, then no, that it shouldn't be. Uh, but this girl over here loves her dumb shit. And, uh, I know. <laughs> why am I so proud of that? <laughs> you should be though. You should be, but I'm, I'm, I've been I, sitting on the button for a while now. So, so. Do the do the spiel so we can you know you know the spiel. Yeah, I know I know I know the thing. Anyways, but we have a, a lot to go over uh, on tonight's episode, so we're uh, very excited to be sharing all of that our, our thoughts and analysis on those two things. Uh, before we get to it, though, you know we live in the great state of Arizona. Some of you may, some of you may not. But we had to continue to plug Impact Zone Wrestling. IZW presenting NAV 30 Saturday, November 21st in Tempe, Arizona at Sun Studios of Arizona. Talent announcements have been released on social media. Um, so you're getting to see who will be present, who's going to be on the card uh, for NAV 30. And, of course, it's a celebration of the career, the influence and absolutely not a retirement of the Navajo Warrior. Uh, this, uh, again, it's going to be a, really a great celebration bringing wrestling back to Arizona. So make sure you're following IZW Wrestling on social media to stay up to date on who's going to be at NAV30. That's IZW Wrestling AZ on your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, IZWWrestling.com. Get your tickets, get all your announcements. So, so the show's going to release on Wednesday. And I can tell you that on Wednesday, at least two of the talent announcements will be people that have never wrestled in IZW before. Oh. One of whom is never, I'm pretty sure, has never wrestled in the state of Arizona before. So, yeah, definitely got some some new folks coming out. You know, when you're celebrating the, the, the impact and influence of the Navajo Warrior, people want to be a part of it. So that makes my job a little bit easier, but... Yeah, come check it out and, you know, get those VIP tickets. Still got some front row available. Couches are gone. A good portion of the front row is gone as well. But 
You get a VIP match booked by the Navajo warrior himself, and you get a Q&A session. You get to ask whatever question you want of the Navajo warrior. And you know what? Just because uh, it's, you know, because nepotism is real and, and that's what friends do. I secured the services of Miranda Morales to host the VIP Q&A of the Navajo warrior at Nav30. So I don't know what else I can really say. And I don't know if you're listening and you haven't bought your tickets yet. I don't know why, but we still have a few. So head on over IZWWrestling.com. Pick them up. It's going to be a great time to get back out there to do something fun. We'll have the precautions in place that we need to. And it's going to be just a great time and a great celebration. And it's 2020 was the year that he hit 30 years in the business. We got to do it this year. So come on out and be a part of it. It's going to be great. And while you're at it, if you want to follow Greg and I on social media, you can do that as well. Me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. Uh, But I was live tweeting. I did a takeover of the Chair Shots Twitter for NXT TakeOver 31. So if you want to relive those tweets or make sure that you are around for the next takeover, well, follow at Chair Shot Media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that way you can stay up to date on all of the news uh, and, of course, all of the podcast release from the Chairshot Radio Network. And you can also follow Greg at, well, at Chairshot Greg, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, no TikTok, uh, no, no tout. No, no TikTok. Uh, I did no, one yeah. TikTok dance. It's on Facebook and that's it. No more. That, that's as, as much as we're going to get, ladies and gentlemen. That's all you're getting. Uh, so, yes, make sure to, to follow Greg as well. And, too, I mean, he has some great posts. Uh, Patrick o- O'Dowd and I had a great bonding moment where we made fun of him um, now that he's this uh, CrossFit athlete, social influencer. Who knew? Talking about things that 2020 we did not expect. If you would have said, you know, Greg uh, is, is going to be an Instagram uh, influencer uh, or a social media influencer, uh, cross CrossFit aficionado uh i would have been a little skeptical not to say that i didn't think he could do it because he could do anything he puts his mind to however um that i did not expect well you saw me at you know 280 pounds like you saw it's yeah like you you got to see the before and the after and, and right now it's kind of the during but yeah it's you know it's i wouldn't have thought so either so i don't fault you for that whatsoever but here we are here, the bleep we are, 2020. Here we are. Who knows? Mainly more of the influencer stuff, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have thought so either. Pictures of yourself. And I know. You're, you're repping, you're, you know, the company that, that you're an ambassador for, not dead, can't quit. Uh, though we had a great interview uh, with the co-founder of Not Dead, yep, Can't Co-founder quit. Mandy Makowitz. Um, yep. She was there. The other co-founder was was like sitting on the other side of the computer. So that's really cool. Um, I'm surprised. A kid got on camera, but Jody didn't get on camera. I was a little surprised by that. But yeah, we got to do that and talk about the brand and, and talk about Not Dead Can't Quit and what it means. And and of course, hefty discount, 30%. Head on over there. NDCQ.com. Promo code DeMarco. Save 30%. That's a lot. It's a lot to save. That's like, you know, if you spend $50, that's that's 15 bucks. That's fifty dollars is now thirty five dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a lot. It's a pretty hefty discount. You don't usually get that yes. kind of discount. Usually, you get twenty. Yeah. Um, all the other discounts are twenty. It's the only one that's thirty. Mandy actually talked about that about how you know difficult it was, but they were willing to do it. And it's, I didn't ask for thirty percent, but they went yeah. they went for it. So 
I'm super yeah. excited about it. But yeah, check it out. Go to NDCQ.com. Listen to the interview on the Greg DeMarco show. It'll also be released on YouTube. We did do the video for that one, just the interview portion of it. So that'll be released this week as well. And just a lot of, a lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff. Lots of great stuff. So make sure you do that. I also want to make a special shout out uh, to the team of Mags and Tolly uh, from uh, the Badlands uh, podcast. That's part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, I was honored to be their guest uh, from this past week's episode where we did the Mount Rushmore of terrible debuts. Uh, it's funny how they thought that this was maybe not the best topic for me, but it was literally the most perfect topic for me. Um so they got to get that sense of me. It was a really fun show. Both of them are lovely, lovely gentlemen. Um, and if you don't know, if you never heard to a, an or have listened to um, an episode of, of the Badlands uh, Wrestling Podcast with uh, you know that's part of the Chairshot Radio Network, um, the two hosts Mags and Tully they do a Mount Rushmore uh, of you know particular wrestlers of events of moments, uh, and they bring on guests uh, as well to create. This their own Mount Rushmore. Uh, so we got to talk about some of the more typical, um, terrible debuts. Uh, of course, you know, the ones that come to mind, uh, the big ones like the Shockmaster and the Gobbledygooker. Uh, however, we talk about a few ones that uh, a few people either forget or wouldn't think about um, for debuts. So that was a great episode and, and just a fun um, time. So go ahead and make sure you check out the Badlands podcast. So it, it strikes me as funny. So I've been on there and you've been on there and Patrick will be on there soon. But when I went on there, I had the Mount Rushmore of on a pole matches. You went on there. You get the Mount Rushmore of horrible debuts. Patrick's going on there. He's getting like the Mount Rushmore of like AWA old school wrestling or something like that. Like this doesn't seem fair. Like you and I got like, the uh, oh you guys can handle the the worst whatever topics and patrick gets like the glory days well you know like i said it's actually a perfect topic for me because i love terrible things you know what did i just say stupid stuff so it was easy uh for me to talk about that so i I could see for you like you know you are the kingpin of the chairshot.com you you know have a a wealth of knowledge and the fact that you got on the pole matches i could see i could see that no i Uh, loved it i actually enjoyed it because i got to talk about i mean i get to go first and of course i you know be fired from everything I've ever done if I didn't mention the Judy Bagwell on a pole match. So Mm -hmm. that was an easy first one, but that was a lot of fun. I was just miffed because the week before me got to do the Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumble surprise entrances. And then I get on a pole match. So it's like, okay, but it was really fun and and it's a great Uh, show. They have a lot of fun and I definitely encourage you to listen um, every week, especially the week when it gets released here shortly, uh, with Miranda's episode that's on there. And then Patrick should be recording his later this week. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, pull back the curtain a little bit. I have wanted to hear Patrick and Miranda on that show and I'm glad they, they've gotten to do that. Um, I, you know, Mags and Tolly invite people from all over social media involved in wrestling, all are heavily involved in Twitter, right? All the Twitter people. And of course that wouldn't count Miranda Morales because she's a Twitterless heroine. But I really like even going back when they first joined and they want to have me on, I was just like, there's two people you got to have on and here are their email addresses, like sign them up. And you know, 
Mags, super organized, plans these things months in advance. So to be able to get Patrick and Miranda on there, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to listen to both of those episodes and especially the one that Miranda just recorded should be out in a few weeks. And I'm really, really excited about that one. Um, and I love having that show as part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. So it's, uh, it's a win, win, win for me and for Miranda. That's for sure. Yes. And again, I think that it's going to be a fun episode. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, as we said, that podcast and this one as well, as along with many others, are part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which you can find on well, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Where? Thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Hey, if you're going to change things around and go in a different order, I'm going to change things around myself. So that's just how how things work. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! I miss the wild card roll. I do. I mean, I mean they so kind of have it now with this. Yeah, it, but I wish it was acknowledged as the wild card rule. <sighs> Everything you know? good goes away. We're all underground. <laughs> but yeah. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! But that's the great thing about having a podcast with me. I will make sure all things, good and bad, don't have a chance to die. Like, I just make sure that we make sure. I mean,. I still play this. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open the fucking window. It's been at least two months since we did the Money Plane episode, and I still do this. Money Plane. Like, it's just, I, I don't let things die. I just don't. No, so doesn't. The wild card rule will never end. Wild card, bitches! Ever. I'd play Fantastic Man right now, but I can't because it's the YouTube version of the show. And yeah, yeah. get flagged yeah, and, and all that stuff and happen and I just get, and, you know, I get mad. So instead, good. we just do this. This is such good shit. Because that ain't going to die either. Nah, nah. Yes. Dave, and speaking of things that, that don't die, I, I don't know I'm going to transition, but I am <laughs> going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. I don't know how that transition That was a brilliant works, transition. T-shirts don't uh, die. But uh, you should go uh, to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. I am wearing something very special. Uh, it's a shirt that I may or may have not misplaced. Uh, no one can prove either way. Um, but this is the sleeveless unisex soft style version of the queen of soft style shirt. Okay. I have to just, I have to, point this out because Greg made fun of me as far as, you know, me purchasing this shirt and not purchasing it in soft style. He thought that, you know, man, did you, did she really mess up? She got her shirt, but she didn't even order in soft style and it's her shirt. No, 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 no. If you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, of course, there's over 25 different t-shirt designs that you can order from. And within each design, there's a, a wide variety of selections of the style of t-shirt that you can order. You can get it in unisex. You can get it fitted. Uh, you can get regular sleeveless, but you can get it in soft style, sleeveless, and with sleeves. Two versions 
of soft style t-shirts that you can choose from. And you know what? I got both because I am the queen of soft style. So you don't think I get both soft style versions? Come on now. What? What? I, I would practice what I preach. So yes, this is a little informal for my show. I'm usually wearing something a little nicer, but I wanted to rep this and let you know you can get this very t-shirt. And not only can you get it now, but starting October 7th through the 10th, well, you can get 20% off your order using the code promo code FALL. So when you are checking out, make sure to use the promo code FALL and get 20% off your order. Uh, and that also includes with any of the shirts that you get at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the cheer shot. There are some other awesome, cool designs. And of course, other t-shirts supporting other uh, podcasts from the chair shot radio network. Uh, at this point, I have my chair shot t-shirt count at about four. Uh, that will probably go up sometime soon in the future. Cause there's some great t-shirts, actually five, five t-shirts, uh, all supporting the chairshot.com. So try and catch up with me. You know, you could do it. Go to pro forward slash the chair shot. That is pro forward slash the chair shot and get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. And don't forget October 7th through the 10th promo code fall for 20% off. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. That's over 150 of your favorite promotions found exclusively at powerslam.tv. So go to powerslam.tv and you'll get a free week. But if you use the promo code chairshot, maybe I'll talk get a when free I'm talking. Month. Now a month is only six bucks, but why not try it out and see if you like it first and do it on us. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot, get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. See, I heard you like stupid shit, so I decided to do some stupid shit during the stupid. Yeah, shit. I mean, you ruined it. You did your own. You ruined it. You, you ruined it all by yourself. Some That's people good. might say ruined. I would probably say ruined, but yeah, it was fun for me. It was good to talk when I was it, talking though. because I mean, my egotistical self. What's better than hearing me and hearing me? That all is at also the same true. Time. It's like you're a ventriloquist, uh, but you are also the ventriloquist artist and the dummy as well. You're you're both. You just wanted to call me a dummy. That's all this was about right there. You, I, you know, but did it work? And but I saw right through you. I saw right through what you were doing. I saw what you were doing. But I still, but it still worked. And in, like, in my brain, I was like, are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? And the answer was yes. And you know what? I'm, yes. I'm, I'm 100% but This is my show. So I get to, if I want to call you a yeah. dummy. Yeah, absolutely. You can. That's You get to do that. Only in the sense of, you know, the inanimate object. 
course. That's, that's really. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. So wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, wrestling. It, this, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we talk about We've been that recording for almost show. two hours between multiple shows, and now we're going to talk about wrestling. Yeah, now we're going to talk about wrestling. You know, that it's it's always a record for us to see how long we can get into a show well, and finally. 24 mention. minutes and 12 seconds. So you said the All right. Wrestling. Yeah. So we already, I mean, now that gives us plenty of time to talk about wrestling. <laughs> so NXT TakeOver 31 happened this past Sunday, which is a rarity. We usually see TakeOvers on Saturdays, but Sunday TakeOver. Uh, and, you know. On first glance, you know, this was something that uh, was announced a while ago uh, uh, as far as a takeover, ha- you know, that's happening in October. Uh, we'll get into, you know, October takeovers because at first, you know, there was some hope. I know we talked about it on the Greg DeMarco show, of what this show was truly going to be. And it wasn't. But there's a twist. Um, and there wasn't any special title to it. You know, we had just uh, seen TakeOver 30 uh, just not too long ago. And so we didn't know what to expect. You know, we just knew that this was going to be TakeOver 31, no fancy titles. Um, and then uh, shortly before the show started, we uh, heard news that um, this TakeOver wasn't going to be at the Performance Center. It wasn't going to be at Full Sail, but it was going to be at a new facility, the Capitol Wrestling Center. Um, so this is also seeming like a new chapter in NXT. Um, and on this card, on paper, of course, some fantastic matches um, that have been built, some over the past few weeks, some very recently. Um, but overall, I think the consensus, it was a really, really good takeover and somewhat shocking of how good this was was. Um, And not to say that NXT takeovers uh, at any point um, are disappointing, um, but there's sometimes that they can feel underwhelming or because of the standard that they've set, that if there is is something that maybe doesn't hit up to par, the whole event uh, kind of feels a little flat. But Overall, the vibe, uh, the the presence of fans, uh, this also was something unique where we had the Thunderdome as part of, of NXT, which we normally don't see. And I mean, uh, some amazing matches. All of the championships were defended in the North American title, the women's title, and of course, that banger uh, NXT championship match. Um, but let's start off at the beginning as far as the, the look of the arena. Um, in that it was blocked off as far as, uh, the way that, um, the, the areas of the arena, um, had spacing in between, um, we've seen the, the barricades already set up, uh, for, uh, NXT and raw with the plastic, uh, dividers, uh, between, you know, the, the ring area and, and, uh, the seating area. But now we saw kind of these cubes or these, uh, kind of sitting areas for fans to come in with kind of a cage lining as well, which gave it a kind of a nice darker spin to it. I kind of thought this is what raw underground should kind of look like, uh, as far as some of the, the, the cage, um, uh, set up. Um, and again, too, we had the Thunderdome. So it was a weird kind of marriage of, you know, some darker elements, but also your mainstream WWE elements. Um, Greg, I know you have some particular thoughts about this, this setup. And you're on mute. <laughs> why, why is that funny? Do I laugh at you every time you freeze? Okay, I do actually. So it's, no, it's yeah, you do. Bad example. You laugh, you point it out, you mock me. Like, 
Yeah. Okay, that's how this shit works. Yeah, you're right. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it's how, like yeah, being yeah. being best friends. And I just got to keep you humble. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying is? to be a good friend and, and keep you humble. Yeah. You're all on your Instagram now and like showing how cool you are and like you know friends like myself and Patrick are here just to make sure like you 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 know you you don't get too big of an ego. I mean, you are Craig, so that's like bound to happen. But you're the annoying little sister I never had. That's what you are. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. That's so exactly what I, am. I felt Dixie Carter at first is, is how I put it to you in a, in a text message. <laughs> yeah. You got to explain uh, what, what you mean by Dixie Carter. I will. Yeah. So Dixie Carter had a history of, of saying that something is going to be monumental. It's going to be life changing, whatever. And then it would end up being like Rob Terry or something like that. Like it just was, was she never delivered on her promises. And triple H said this was going to change the face of the business. Like he literally talked about how this was, this was a game changer of a setup and it wasn't a game changer of a setup at all. Um, and so for me, I, I immediately, because I'm visioning game changer, I'm like, what are we going to see? Like, what are we, how's it going to be so slide, different? Like you know, a bouncy house. Like, yeah. Like, like what something. is this going to be? And he talked about, it's like a heavy metal sound stage, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, it's still the NXT stage. It's still this. And so it took me, okay, we put fences in front of the, 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 the plexiglass. Okay. That's cool. Oh, we got the Thunderdome people and they kind of go way far back in one corner at one point. So that's okay. And and so I'm just like, okay, I can't wait to see this thing I've never seen before. And then it was something I've seen before, just a mixture of things I've seen before. Once I got over that, though, I was like, it's actually pretty cool. And and I wish my only gripe is that they have all, they have this cool stuff on the ceiling with all the, the, the trusses and everything. And it's great lighting. And NXT used to be like, had the video boards on the rings, the video boards in the post, like all that stuff. And then they lost all of it when it went to Raw and SmackDown. And I kind of wish they still had some of the ceiling lit and all that during the match because it's a cool look. And, and I thought that I wish they were able to keep that look. Like I thought maybe we'd get more of an elevated entrance or maybe I almost, you know, would love to see like a balcony effect where the fans were a little bit higher and, and maybe oh, like, again, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm building my playlist. Right. And then they don't play the songs that are on my playlist. And so whatever, but once I got over my own playlist, it's actually really cool and it is unique yeah. and it is something that, um, you know, it is a mixture, right? They got video boards all over the place. Okay. Well, so does ring of honor. They've got, you know, Fans and, and that are, that are standing up. Well, so did Ron SmackDown. And now we've got fences in front of the plexiglass. Okay. That's new. And, and, and so it's, it's, you know, once I got through it is cool. It is suiting of NXT. Um, and, and I'm excited about it. And I think it will be a good home for them moving forward. It's also kind of a way to show the Amway Center. Hey, we don't need you charging, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so when this deal is up in October, Maybe we're not going to keep spending 450 grand a month. Maybe we'll just go here. Um, so, so who knows? I'm glad you pointed out that it's not the performance center because I have seen so many wrong things on the internet that the performance center has been renamed the Capitol Wrestling Center. That this is part of the, it, it's literally watch Amber Moon on a motorcycle. She drives from the performance center to the Capitol Wrestling Center. It's not the same. It's in the same complex. It's a different area of the same building, but it's not, it's not a revamping of the performance center. They took over another space and, and built that in there. So the performance center can still exist as the performance center. Um, so I'm glad you said it that way because so many people think this is the brand new performance center and it's just, it's not. Yeah. So. I mean, what? Rarely do I get my facts right. The fact that I get this one. Thanks for, for pointing that out. No, and not that I 
I, you know, uh, I just sometimes, you know, miss word a, a few things here or there, but, you know, it was also it, the way that they set it up though, too, as far as framing at the Capitol wrestling center, the beginning uh, of the show, they talked about, you know, Capitol wrestling being part of the history of, of the WWF as well. So I do think it's a nice nod. It gets a little confusing, I guess, uh, for fans as far as what that means. Yeah. Um, more of a name, but the way it, it presides from history and and uh, all of that, it can be a little confusing. So I don't blame, you know, it happens. But yes, it's, it is a separate building. It is not the Performance Center. It is not Full Sail. Um, it is not the Amway Center. It is a separate building within the property of where the Performance Center is. And you're right about the whole, it's, when you think of the Capitol Wrestling Center, you don't think of what we got. Like the name yeah. doesn't fit the venue. And all like the Capitol Wrestling Center should be like some old smoky 1950s arena. Yeah, we got a microphone that comes down from the ceiling and that's about it. But you know what? It's it's it suits NXT. Yeah. So I briefly want to go over. Well, I'll go into some matches in more in depth, but briefly go over the the entire card because again, this was a really solid card from beginning to end. The very first match of the night uh, was for the North American Championship. Damian Priest defending his title against Johnny Gargano. Um, commentary really pushing. Okay, so we're going to talk about commentary real quick. <laughs> I have to segue because that part was confusing and, and that. Uh, that was one that was very distracting all mm-hmm. night. Uh, so you had, uh, you know, the commentary team. Um, you could hear them, you know, Beth Phoenix, Wade Barrett, uh, Vic Joseph. Uh, but visually, that wasn't matching up. And particularly the female uh, in the broadcast table looked nothing like Beth Phoenix. Um, so apparently they were all recording in different locations, but still for some reason had physical people there as if they were commentary or providing the commentary. Like wh- why? What, what is I don't know it? why the stand-ins were there. I don't know why the Sasha Banks lookalike was sitting next to Vic Joseph, making me literally send you a picture of me like, I think that's Sasha Banks. Yeah, no, that's what reminded me. I was like, Yes, you. I think, and I saw it all over the internet again because yeah. I was I was live tweeting yeah, about tweeting. this, so there was. So I didn't many watch tweets it live, about- so I watched it. I didn't yeah. even start watching it until after it was over, but it was just weird. Yes, and and I don't know why the physical standings were there. I don't know if they were playing a role. They, they had headsets on. They didn't need it. They really did. But it also but- would have been weird to have Vic Joseph just sitting there by himself. So he didn't need to be on camera, though. I mean, he didn't. They didn't even need to place yeah. that on camera. And that's weird because the commentary was actually in a cooler place in the performance center than where it is now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the commentary is now in the typical place that it would be for Ron SmackDown. Another one of those things that you think would be different in this brand new, you know, Dixie Carter land, but it it's, yeah, it was weird having the stand-ins there and I'm sure they served a great purpose. Maybe we can tweet at Vic Joseph and be like, Hey, why were the people sitting next to you that weren't why on commentary? Um, maybe they're bit, training. A little bit of a they, they could have been part of the, you know, producing who knows, um, audio-wise, audio commentary sounded fine. The fact that they can yeah. do commentary with three commentators in three different places for a live event is pretty damn impressive. So, yeah, it um, really I is. I mean, AEW can't even get good commentary, and they're all three sitting next to each other. So the fact yes. that we can do this in all various parts of, of kind of the same area, like Beth Phoenix in North Carolina, Wade Barrett, I think, is in Orlando, and, and you know – been a lot of COVID restrictions. That's probably why he wasn't there. And Vic Joseph there live. What's really interesting was that 
when they did a shot of just Vic Joseph there, Sasha Banks and other person weren't sitting there. <laughs> like they ducked off to the side or whatever. Exactly. It was I a don't solo shot of, it, it was just, it. it's one of those things oh, where somebody, I, I, somebody on the inside would probably be like, who cares? But we, <laughs> we care. That's who cares. Okay. Just little things. Cause we expect good things out of NXT. That's why. Cause we have high expectations because you set them that way. NXT. But it's not a bad thing. Like they just happen to be. No, 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 no. It's not a bad commentary thing. Commentary was fine. Thing. It just, just looked. It's a quirky thing. I do have to commend the commentary for the event was great. I really liked Wade Barrett uh, as as an addition to the NXT commentary team. Um, I think he has a, a great role there, and uh, I think he gels very well. I continue to enjoy Beth Phoenix. I think I've just seeing her uh, evolve and what she contributes uh, to the commentary team is is more and more enjoyable um, every week, but especially for this show, they had a great dynamic. And you're right, like they were all from three different places, and they were still able to keep a cohesive commentary flow um, and, and it not be overwhelming or messy. It's a huge testament to them. So. And Vic Joseph fits NXT. Like, yeah, he does. I know he went from Raw and then he was off and then you had Tom Phillips and Tom Phillips and Corey Gray is always a lot of fun. But Vic Joseph, duh, he could, if, if NXT continues to grow and be its own brand and they'd stop shuffling commentary around, he could, if, if he does this for a few years, he could be associated with NXT like Michael Cole's of SmackDown and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think this could be his niche for a long time if they, they yeah. keep him there. Just yeah. random sidebar about Vic Joseph. Sidebar, yes. So first match, uh, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Um, this match kind of surprised me. You have an obvious height difference between the two men, obvious different skill set and, and even specialties. You know, Damian Priest really relies on his legs for those kicks. He has that strength and that body build where Johnny Gargano is more about his speed. Um, and, you know, one thing he did is uh, a fantastic job on is really trying to help negate that issue. Uh, issue of Damon Priest and his legs uh, by, you know, trying to take him down, starting with the kneecaps and continuously uh, focusing on those legs. Damian Priest, though, I mean, those kicks uh, are something else. It's something that you don't really see a lot in wrestling. To me, he almost felt like a video game character uh, with, you know, the way that that he moves. But, you know, they were able to have really great chemistry. Um, I mean, you get to see, I, I got to see some elements of that heart of Johnny Gargano and kind of how it's changed. Um, you still see the same spirit and drive, but it's under this tone of, of a heel now. So some things clicked for me as far as his personality and his character more in this match than in any other match I've seen him in quite a while. And Damian Priest continues to look like a star. I mean, the, the North American Championship is doing exactly what it's meant to do with him, to elevate him, to showcase him, to show how strong he is. And I could easily see him moving up the the ladder into an eventual NXT championship contendership. Um, but I thought this was actually a really great way to start the show. And again, I, for part of me was a little surprised having that big difference in size and in skill, having a, a really great flow of a match, really great competitive match. Um, and ultimately both look great, but I, it still gives that edge to Damian Priest, who is still working and building his way up the, the roster. I'm scared. Four? By oh. this time next week, I don't think Johnny Gargano is going to be part of the NXT roster. And I don't know how that's mm. going to pan out. Yes. 
That's it's, it's a good question because this does set up. I mean, we talked about it earlier. This sets the tone of kind of a, a new era of NXT. And we'll talk more because there was a lot more implications around that as well. We have the draft coming up and NXT's involved. And Johnny well, we think they're involved. Of, we don't know if they're involved. We don't know. It's not been according to Triple H. He doesn't even know. Which lies, lies. Why you lying to us? Thanks, Dixie. Thanks, Triple Dixie. Dixie H. Triple Dixie. That's his new name. Triple Dixie. And I love Triple H, but I'm gonna call him Triple Dixie. For this case, yeah. Because why you lie to us? Why do you lie to us? He knows. He knows. knows. Maybe if Uh, he doesn't know, then they haven't decided. And and that could be the case, that you know. I mean, could it could case. be some spur of the moment thing, and they kind of really do want to keep it secretive, so that way it's a big surprise to fans, and fans are you know glued uh, to Friday and Monday, um, and it creates a lot of buzz on the internet. I mean, it is very possible that they're really keeping this under wraps. I mean, that's been a thing about this current COVID area era of, of wrestling, and they've kept a lot of things under wraps pretty successfully. So. Um, but I'll that, be honest with you, I'd rather people just show up on NXT versus getting drafted to NXT. <laughs> I'd rather Amber Moon ride the green motorcycle and walk out on the stage or Tony Storm appear on the screen or Finn Balor come out after Adam Cole defends his championship. Like, I'd rather that than Stephanie McMahon being like, NXT has drafted Kevin Owens. Like, I don't want that. It doesn't fit <laughs> NXT at all. So I'd rather we have Friday, we have Monday, and then maybe we get a surprise or two on NXT on Wednesday. <laughs> I would much rather prefer to see it to see it that way so yeah I'm fine. but yeah so i mean good point about johnny gargano he's been in this kind of safe space in nxt where he's been able to you know develop who he is as a as a hero as a villain um you know his character absolutely and himself could get lost in the mix of moving up to raw or SmackDown. Absolutely. He had, a, you know, teased that a little bit um, previously when, when they brought him up uh, temporarily. Um, but now more than ever, I mean, there's still, it's, there's a lot going on on raw and SmackDown and it's been very obvious that those characters don't translate the best to those shows. And, we would lose the essence of Johnny Gargano very quickly. We would. And here's my my concern because when I've had this conversation with people, I don't think it's ever been on air, but everyone gives me the example of Daniel Bryan. And and people seem to think that of all the small wrestlers, that Johnny Gargano is the closest thing to Daniel Bryan. And I get that. I do. Here's the problem. Every generation can only have one Daniel Bryan. And this generation's Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan. So we can't have Johnny Gargano come in and and fulfill the Daniel Bryan. There hasn't been enough time since Daniel Bryan became Daniel Bryan for someone else to fulfill that role. And I'm just worried about what it means for Gargano. Now, his story about how he wasn't even offered a contract or he's like all those things, he's defied the odds plenty of times. And so hopefully I'm wrong, we're wrong about our fears and our concerns, whatever. But I just... Until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to be scared for Johnny Gargano and his long term. But that's okay. Maybe two years of crappy main roster and we're back on NXT and everybody's happy. Who knows? Hey, it worked for Finn Balor. Finally. It took almost a year. But yeah, it's working for Finn Balor now. Yes. And we'll go into that in a second because I have my definitely thoughts on that match. Uh, and you talk about Dan O'Brien. I mean, damn, Kyle O'Reilly, man. Talking about, you know, Daniel Bryan level push. But bigger than Daniel Bryan. And bigger yeah. than Johnny Gargano. So. Yes, yes. 
So next we have Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, Santos was defending the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. This has been uh, a program really uh, months in the making. I mean, they fought each other during the Cruiserweight Tournament or, or the NXT uh, Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Um, and then we saw uh, Santos change from Ihole uh, Fantasma to, you know, Santos Escobar. And, you know, uh, Legado de Fantasma grew and all of that they've been having some beef for quite a while and Legado de Fantasma that entrance uh by Santos uh I mean with the gear the get up uh the whole essence of Santos Escobar is something I still personally love um I think it's working I think he's killing it um and I I just adore it this match itself also super very entertaining you think about cruiserweights and everything that they did especially isaiah swerve scott it seemed like he had something to prove in this match um wanting to kind of outpace outrun out jump do everything that santos couldn't or trying to to edge him out on that um and it worked until it didn't until santos found those holes um in, in you know uh isaiah swerve scott's kind of armor and really capitalized and took advantage of that we had some run-ins of course with legado de fantasma uh and, and causing a distraction so many near falls in this one as well that i it kind of gave me a few uh, moments of panic um but ultimately santos retaining the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Um, and, and you know, I'm not sure where this leaves Isaiah Swerve Scott at this point. I don't know if there's a new contender coming up uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, but I think it's still solidifying Santos as one of the best Cruiserweight Champions in recent memory, if not leading to becoming the best uh, in this modern age of the Cruiserweight Championship. He definitely can. I'm glad that the title finally got defended on a takeover since it became yes. the NXT Cruiserweight it's the Championship. NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and you hardly ever see it defended on takeovers. This is the first time ever, so it's not even hardly ever to it. Jesus. This is the first time ever. Now, it's only been the NXT title for like a year before it was WWE. Still, and they've had like several takes. I know. They have. Just, they've had a bunch. And and it's been weird because you, you have 205 Live. Like, there's still some disparity amongst the whole cruiserweight deal and whatever. But if it's going to work, it's going to work with Santos Escobar as mm -hmm. the cruiserweight champion. I was worried about this one, too, because it seemed rushed how they did it. And they had history, so it was fine. And so I was like, ooh, they're rushing this. Maybe they're moving Legato Del Fantasma off of NXT. Uh, thankfully they're not because that, that act is another one. And plus you've got, you know, Latino influence all over on SmackDown. So, uh, again, they get lost in the shuffle and, and then you wouldn't and again, have an NXT. It would, it would, that, that would talk about things that are going to get lost in translation on, on, you know, raw or SmackDown. That is something oh, yeah. that would not trend. It just wouldn't. Plus that it's, it's the best uh, in the entire company, the best Latino representation yeah. as far as storyline wise. And it has the potential. He has the potential to eventually be a contender for the North American or NXT championship. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to limit him to cruiserweight and then done um, at all because I don't view him. I don't view him as a cruiserweight. I view him as the cruiserweight champion. But I mm -hmm. think I'm not saying I'm saying I don't view him as a cruiserweight in the sense that. I don't think he's stuck as a cruiserweight for his entire career. I think he can hold mm -hmm. other championships and very few cruiserweight champions have held other championships. So I, I think he can transcend that eventually, as long as it's given the time to do that. Plus, I mean, I thought this match was going to steal the show because 
I've seen Killshot and King Cuerno wrestle before, and they were two of my favorites on Lucha Underground. I'm yeah. not sure people in WWE even know about that, but whatever. Um, it was, I was super excited about it. I did love that Beth Phoenix pointed out that Swerve Scott has wrestled under a mask before. That was a nice bit of commentary by her. Mm-hmm. Didn't say how or where. I'm sure a lot of fans were left wondering what the hell she was talking about. But that was a nice bit of information that I didn't expect to hear from commentary that we know that people that have watched Lucha Underground. But it, to hear that, I thought was was really, really just a cool bit of commentary. Next, we had Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. And this is, out of all the storylines so far in NXT, this one is honestly the one I was following the least. Um, I know they've had this big back and forth. And, uh, you know, it, this one didn't just, this was a beautiful showcase for Kushida, who, you know, I think that a lot of fans talking about being worried, you know, uh, since he's come back from injury, a lot of fans were concerned that he was going to get lost. I mean, the fact that you could get even lost in the shuffle on NXT, you know, that that's a big deal because NXT is the place where um, really talented wrestlers from around the world can have that spotlight. Um, I did love kind of this cosplay element. I mean, one thing I do have to give credit for Velveteen Dream is he knows how how to come to the ring with style. Uh, he came out with this dark brown cosplay and to counter Kushida's, uh, you know, uh, whole Back to the Future uh, look, Marty McFly mm-hmm. look. And, uh, and the fact that he can make it look evil is a big testament to him. But I mean, Kushida's attack on Velveteen Dream's arm the entire time, and especially in the end, and after he won the continuous beating of his arms, like, that was vicious, you know? I mean, even Kushida didn't even do a, an entrance. Like, he just went straight for it. And I love this aggression. I loved, loved, loved this. Because you look at someone who is dressed like Marty McFly, and you thought, oh, it's real cute. And maybe that's how it started. But Kushida is deadly in the ring, 100%. I mean, we've seen it, all, we've seen it happen. And, and the fact that now the NXT audience has seen it, you know, Velveteen Dream has seen it. Um, I I think he's going to be someone I, I would hope to to see again. Um, he was he was also part of the the cruiserweight uh, tournament um, championship tournament. Compete for for that, or just have another lengthy program or a solid program with someone else on the NXT roster. Um, this was something that it just it Kushida blew me uh, away. I would say. I mean, Velveteen Dream is also consistently good, but specifically Kushida and his aggressiveness um, throughout this match from beginning to end, book and badass. Velveteen Dream needed to lose this match for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. most of them having nothing to do with the in-ring product. Um, mm-hmm. I was so happy, though, when he tapped out because it's Velveteen Dream. Like, you're still wondering, is he actually going to lose? Is he actually going to put over Kushida? Are they going? And he did. He taps out and puts over Kushida. You know, obviously a, a great match, but he tapped out for him, and that's a big deal. I don't know if Dream's tapped out before. So that puts over Kushida in a big way. What I love about this situation and I love that this was the second match and the Cruiserweight title was the third match too, to really balance things out. Because at this point, Kushida could move on and feud with Santos Escobar over the Cruiserweight Championship. And it's not a demotion. No. It's not. And it's the first time that somebody could move from a feud to challenging for the Cruiserweight title and it not be a demotion. Like, say what you want about 205 Lives and the Cruiserweight Championship and, and our... NXT weekly analyst at Chair Shop, Bradley J. For some reason, 
hates Santos Escobar. Literally calls him Santa Claus Ice Cream Bar in his column every single week. I don't get it. Now, I'm partial. I'm partial because literally my favorite character from Lucha Underground was King Cornell from from the most first time he wrestled. I was like, this dude is legit. And... And and the Cruiserweight Championship has never been in a better place. And the fact that I want Kushida to move on and feud with Santos Escobar says a ton. Like, like that, that belt has been elevated finally from having been in NXT. Like, it's trial and error. It works. And Kushida just looked like a million bucks. I would believe him challenging Damian Priest. I would believe him challenging Finn Balor. I would believe him in a feud with Adam Cole. And you guys know how I feel about Adam Cole. So, mm-hmm. I am... Love what they've done with both of those. And I mentioned them together because I think that's probably where they're headed. And I'm here for it. 100% I'm here for it. So next we're going to talk about the NXT Women's Championship match. Io Shirai defending the title against Candice LeRae. Um, Candice won this opportunity by winning a battle royal several weeks ago. And, you know, again, we mentioned it with Johnny. Um, Candice LeRae has also gone through this transformation where she's now the poison pixie. And, you know, the sweet level attitude she had is realized hasn't, you know, done much for her. So now she's taken, you know, this kind of villainous turn. Um, and that helped her win the battle royal uh, to get this opportunity. And, I mean, the big thing for me talking about too, how Kushida was the star of that is, is I think Candice LeRae did wonderful in this match. For me, the the literal thing I texted Greg was I need to redo my top five list. Um, I, Cause I had EO at three. Uh, and this was from last week's uh, hashtag Miranda show where we did a top five of all the current champions of active promotions. Um, and I had uh, Bailey as one, Oscar number two, and EO number three. And I'm moving her. She's getting promoted to the top of the list. Which she is where, has, by the way, I had her when we made our list. I thought you had Oscar as your first. Place. I changed it because I, I literally see oh, okay. where I have it crossed out and changed it during the show. Originally, I did have Oscar and I had EO too. Yeah. But then in talking about EO, I moved her to number one because of what she does in the ring and, and the yes, brand she's and on and how it translates. Exactly. But she has a beautiful blend of promo work and she was perfection in the ring. And talking about kind of the nuances too, I think the commentary did a good job of showing and talking about her wrestling experience, mentioning something I didn't know, her, her Lucha Libre background and how that has impacted. I mean, we talk a lot too about her training and background in Japan, but also, you know, this additional deadly combination of, of Lucha Libre background um, and the, the promo work beforehand on um, the promo package they had for this was fantastic. Her performance in the ring just felt flawless. Like it just, she truly is um, something special. And it took, not to say that it just took this match, but I think the dynamic in this match really helped and really examining and seeing her. She truly is the the full package. She has both elements uh, of good personality and in-ring performance. Um, and I thought this was a great match for, for Candice LeRae. I, I commented on Twitter. I thought she has a beautiful moonsault. Um, I know that uh, she, again, had a different approach to this match. 
Um, and I think this new level of aggression for her works out very well. Um, I do love how in this match too, you know, when the referee got knocked out, Johnny came out in a rough shirt. You know, I think that's just the right amount of comedy, you know, just, just enough where it's of ridiculous, but also where it's not so, you know, outrageous that it pulls away from the match. Um, because ultimately EO won, you know, she, she retained on top of all the crazy things that happened. I think that when we saw that with Sasha and Bailey, it was like, what in the hell? Somehow that portion of this match worked for, for NXT. But, uh, I have to admit, I mean, we say when we're wrong, we're wrong. And I am now promoting EO from number three to number one of my top women's champions in active promotion. I was highly critical of Candice LeRae the first time she wrestled Io Shirai to take over. I and people destroyed me for it because they love Candice LeRae. But Io walked her through the match the first time, like literally had to push her to be in certain positions. Like it, it got me into a lot of arguments because I was like, you don't know what you're looking at and your complaint, like just, yeah, I'm going to have to understand what I'm looking at and what I know. Um, this was not the case here. Like this was a great match for Candice LeRae and she definitely has, has bloomed and blossomed as a performer. Remember most of her fame and her career before WWE was wrestling against men. And, and so she is not, she was not a woman's wrestler before she, she was a woman who was a wrestler, which is really the way it should be anyway. But now she's strictly in the women's division and, and she's coming into her own. It's funny because I'm less worried about her and the potential draft than I am Johnny Gargano and the potential draft. Um, mm-hmm. just because it's, it's the, the size difference is much lessened and, and getting lost in the shuffle is a little bit different for the women's division. Um, I do think that this, this was a great way to put over EO Shirai. I think that EO is, was a lot of times thought to be the champion just because they didn't really have anybody else. And because, you know, Rhea Ripley lost it to Charlotte and then we transitioned to EO and, and everyone thinks Rhea is going to be gone in the next week as well. And it's, it's, and EO is proving to be a great champion, not a paper yeah. champion, not a transitional champion, just a damn good champion who deserved a run like she's having. So I'm on board 100%. And she's got the potential battles now with Tony Storm and Amber Moon. Like literally in one night, they kind of reset the women's division that was somewhat lacking. Yes. And I think the talent yes. is there for the women's division. We just need time for the talent to elevate and get to the place where they need to be. And instead of rushing the talent, now we got two people that can help the division thrive while the other talent comes up. And this is mm-hmm. amazing for the women's division in NXT. And I think very soon it can go back to being one of the best things in wrestling like it used to be. Yeah. And, and I think it will be. And of course, yeah, right after the match, we had Tony Storm appear on video saying that she's coming back to NXT. And then uh, as well, the promos that had been airing for the past few weeks of someone coming back to reclaim what's theirs. Um, someone on a motorcycle pulls up and it's it's Ember Moon. Um, and talking about people coming back to NXT, you know, she she is in the right place for her. Um, she was someone that got lost in the shuffle when she left NXT to go, you know, to, to Raw and SmackDown. And, you know, things just never quite clicked for her. She's coming in with a bit of a new persona and a new attitude. And, you know, uh, this is, I think, is a really good thing for Ember Moon. Um, but it's a great thing as well for the women's division because now you have two fresh competitors, both appearing at the same night, both trying to stake a claim in the NXT Women's Championship. 
while you still have the development of, of others. I mean, you had a great match with Shotzi Blackheart. That is not going to be the last match. I, I'm nope. you know guessing that she's going to have with Shotzi. Shotzi's a star. Shot, yeah. Period. Period. Um, as they say. Uh, you know, of course, even she had a great match with Dakota Kai and, you know, there's a lot of potential for, for Dakota Kai to, to grow, um, and, you know, obviously compete for, for the championship again. Maybe this isn't the last time for Candice LeRae too. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but they shook up the women's division in a way that's going to keep things fresh. And, um, I mean, Tony Storm too has been out of the picture as well for a little bit. So it's going to be great to see her back in and for fans to, uh, be able to be reintroduced for her. But I think it's going to benefit Ember the most, you know, yeah. it really will. Ember's got to stay healthy. I will say that because she's been mm-hmm. marred by injuries. I but, but this is one of the re- the reason why I'm most excited about Ember coming back is because she did not get the proper run in NXT the first time. Mm-hmm. For, I hated the fact that Oscar never put her over. Like the fact that Oscar retained and then went and vacated the title, and then when Ember wins the title, the vacant title, Oscar's there to give it to her. Why didn't they just let Oscar put her over? Like I, just, I know you wanted to keep the undefeated streak going and all that, and you know, because LOL, Charlotte wins. But it was, I just that would have made Ember, and Ember struggled since then. And then shortly thereafter, she's on Raw and SmackDown too, and so she never really got the right run that she should have received. I mean, she got one win over Shayna Baszler, then she lost, and it was Baszler's for a long time. Uh, except for the short blip when Kyrie Sane won it, just so Baszler could, you know, just for evolution. But now I think we'll get the Ember Run, Ember Moon Run we were supposed to get the first time, and I'm really excited for it. And you're right, she fits in NXT, and that's the thing. Like NXT is is in this weird place because I've gone back to using the phrase main roster with Raw and SmackDown because the contracts are different, the TV deals are different, it's all different. But NXT is this mixture of developmental, not developmental. And there are some people who just fit NXT and were probably brought in for NXT. The Undisputed Era is a great example of that. Ember Moon is a great example of that. Johnny Gargano is probably a great example of that too. And and we'll see how that experiment goes. Um, maybe when all is said and done, Ricochet was a great example of that. Although I think his time will come on, on the main roster. But Ember Moon is an NXT star. And I think that her being back in NXT is just... Like you said, it, it's it's where she belongs. It's going to do wonders. And I think she is going to thrive there. And I think she's going to be happy there. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Shotzi, we have to talk about the announcement that they made. Halloween Havoc is coming to NXT uh, for the uh, yep. Tuesday or sorry, the Wednesday episode uh, during the week of Halloween. I believe that is the 28th. The 28th. Yep. Yes. Um, big news. I mean, this is something fans have been wanting. I mean, you've talked about this. We talked about it on, on the Greg DeMarco show. Uh, Halloween Havoc is officially coming to NXT. We are getting yeah. it back, everyone. Uh, with, uh, you know, it's, it's being circulated that Shotzi Blackheart will actually host it. Yep, that's um, how it was advertised. Yeah, she's that, be that's how, yeah, how it was advertised. It. Uh, and so that's, a, again, a perfect fit for her. Um, as, you know, really this, uh, you know, she, she's just a big fan of, of Halloween and just a great fit for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where NXT is delivering on these yes. WCW uh, themed pay-per-views, uh, you know, modifying them for the purposes of, um, uh, of the weekly show. And this is just, yes. I will say this. I'm, I'm excited about it, obviously. And we all know that we've talked about it. Some small independent company in Cleveland made a lot of money. 
off this because they own the trademark and WWE obviously paid them for it. So, or they didn't and they'll just sue the hell out of them. I don't know, but I'm assuming that somebody just got their whole year's budget and beyond paid for by owning the Halloween Havoc name and selling it back to WWE. So good on you, good on them and good on NXT for delivering what everybody wanted to see, which is Halloween Havoc. We'll be talking about that uh, when that happens. Absolutely. It sure does seem like a Miranda Show topic, doesn't it? Like, Of so course. Oh, my gosh. Halloween Havoc. I mean, really. I'm, and also, I mean, one of the, the best theme pay-per-views, you know, of all, of all time. Uh, I mean, talking about <laughs> terrible uh, debuts. Very tempted. Yes. I was very tempted. I did not add it on the list uh, to include the debut of the Yeti. Um, How can you not? Because oh, it was a hard list. There was, was. other things I included. You're going to have to listen lots to of the terrible. episode. Um, but, uh, you know, the le- the Yeti was on the short list, but did not make the list. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm 100%. I'm, I'm on board. And so now we get to the main event. Uh, Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship uh, against Kyle. Wait, can I, just say, Kyle- can I just say one more thing? Yes. You just made the list. Okay, I'm fine. I had to find it. Whenever you had to find it, you had to. You had to. Anyways, Finn Balor versus Kylo, Kyle O'Reilly. That a lot of people uh, make that mistake. Yes, Kyle O'Reilly. Because if you say it too fast, you can't. Kyle O'Reilly. Yes. Um, for the NXT Championship, uh, great buildup for this. I mean, just the week earlier. I was like, great buildup, NXT- really? Like, no, I wouldn't say great buildup. Well, I was going to get into the 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 promo thing that they did with yeah. Shawn Michaels the week before, um, and you kind of interrupted me as I was saying more okay, on right. the side of Kyle O'Reilly, uh, building him up as, you know, really this big baby face, you know, really almost solidifying him as the next, one of the next big baby faces in NXT, talking about his career, um, how much he meant in the scheme of, of, you know, the undisputed era, um, his dedication, his hard work, and really a little bit of a tit for tat between Kyle and Finn about, you know, uh, both of them have been in this business for a long time. Finn has had five extra years on him, but Kyle mentioned five extra years for what? You know, at this point in both of their careers, they've both traveled around the world. They've dedicated their time, their family, their bodies to this business. Um, and now it's Kyle's time. This is really, you know, the the biggest opportunity of his entire career. And the fact that the Undisputed Era were so supportive of him, you know, that it wasn't a jealousy thing, um, at least at this point, that's coming up. And, um, uh, you know, the match itself was different. As far as the beginning and and the pacing of it, you know, a lot of the other matches throughout the night started off very quick. This one was a little bit slower and methodical. I do have to say, I'm never going to look at Erica Tarzi the same way ever again. Um, I'm just like, how can you not? He's been doing that forever, though. I know, but like, I don't know if it was just, uh, I think it was... The extra grind afterward, you know, okay. he did the guitar and maybe just the arm placement and then the extra just push and grind in there. Okay. I don't know. Um, but I, I'll watch that on repeat all day. I'm just putting that out there. 
uh, watch that gift uh, at least two times a day. Um, no, but, uh, I, you know, this one also, too, was it was very brutal. I mean, Finn was on the offensive most of the time, and Kyle was able to get in some offense as well uh, with, you know, in the holes that he saw. They seemed further and far in between, but when he was able to execute them, it was like precision, you know. He was able to just pinpoint areas of, of Finn, Um Early his leg while uh, Finn focused on Kyle's arm um, throughout the match. And really, both of them ended this match just bloody. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there was elements of this where I thought at one point we were going to see a double turn. Um, like, I thought at one point, as Finn literally was applying the sharpshooter, I thought, could this be a double turn? You know, you see, you know, blood coming out of Finn's uh uh, Mal or Kyle's mouth. Um, and, you know, at one point it's thinking, gosh, you know, this easily could, you could have a moment where the tide turns and, you know, not to say that Kyle was in this, uh, as, as a heel, but a, a definitive moment where you could have this, the sympathy overflowing for Kyle in this match. And it didn't quite happen, but I think, uh, overall, this was one of the best matches all year in NXT and one that was again, different. It wasn't this, you know, uh, off the top rope, high flying back and forth speed. You know, I think as fans, we've gotten so used to that dynamic in general from NXT, but also from what we see in AEW and other promotions that this was just more of a solid technical wrestling match, but it also played with psychology. It also played on storytelling. You know, there was just so many nuances and elements in it that was really compelling. Um, and again, you know, wasn't, I, I don't know if this is what people kind of expected, um, uh, but it, it really, really delivered. And they of course made, of course, Finn look like a, a wonderful defending champion, but Kyle as a legitimate contender. And you talk about Daniel Bryan push that, you know, I mean, it, it's, he could define his own genre almost of pushes at this point. I mean, I think if you wanted to try and fit someone into that mold at this time, it's not Johnny, it's Kyle. A hundred to me, a hundred percent. If you were going to do that, Kyle would be the perfect candidate for a Daniel Bryan style push. They did a great job with with what they had. I mean, the build was so short when Kyle won the five way, and and what's for, funny about the five way they put together, everyone kind of picked Kyle to win the five way, even though mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't kind of make sense. Like he's not a main eventer, but now he is. Like this established Kyle O'Reilly as a main event talent in NXT, and for the first time. At least as of right now, you have a stable with two main event guys in it, which is rare for WWE. Mm-hmm. NXT is a little bit different. Um, I was wrong. I said last week, NXT TakeOver, 31, you'll never see it coming. I said that Adam Cole was going to cost Kyle O'Reilly the NXT Championship. It did not happen. Did I have a new theory. It's also not going to happen that we'll talk about later. But... Uh, this was exactly what it needed to be for both guys. Cause that's the thing. Like we can talk, I can talk for days. I mean, I followed ring of honor so closely when Kyle was there and, and, and the buildup with Adam Cole for this was perfect. Like I was worried cause I predict uh, one night that, you know, you'll never see it coming. And then the next night they have Adam Cole go out there and carry the Kyle O'Reilly flag, just screaming that he's going to turn on him. Right. With everything that they were doing. Like, yeah, no, I mean, literally challenge the guy to a match. And, and in factions like that, yeah. you know, when someone, you know, who, who isn't the leader tries to come up. Yeah. It's, like, you know, everyone. Yeah, exactly. The evolution pictures were all over the place and Randy Orton. And of course he turned out. Okay. But 
It was it was so good, but it was so great for Kyle. And you've already just talked about that. This was exactly what Finn Balor needed. Like Finn Balor, since coming to NXT, has been kind of eh, you know, and he hasn't lost a takeover match. They kept doing that, doing that, and you know, it's funny because I think NXT would be worse than it is right now if Karrion Cross was the NXT champion and not Finn Balor. Like he just doesn't Whoa. fit NXT. Like what he does isn't NXT. You you said this many many a time. And, like he's and a main so this, roster talent. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that that. I think the initial statement surprised me, but your point of view perspective on this does not surprise me at all one bit because you've been very adamant about this from the very beginning. Right. It's not a knock on Karrion Cross. It's no, just kind of no, like how Ember just... Moon belongs in NXT. Karrion Cross doesn't. That's all I'm saying. He, he belongs. He doesn't belong in NXT. He belongs on Raw. Like, that's where he belongs. And and that's probably where he's going to end up. Like, I don't expect to see him back in NXT. I really don't. Unless it's to put somebody over and then go to the main roster, which is where I think he could be a huge star. Um, but Finn Balor, this is he finally fits again in NXT, in my opinion. Winning the yeah. title, he's completely different than he was the first time he won the title. There's no sign of the demon anywhere, nor should there be. And and there's so many different directions you can go right now with Finn Balor. He, I think, is a champion NXT needs. I'm kind of teetering on where I'm going with next week's Greg DeMarco show, but that's um, th- that's definitely what uh, my big takeaway outside of Kyle, which you talked about so well, I- I'd only be restating it, is that this is exactly what Finn Balor needed. And now the sky is the limit with Finn Balor as the NXT champion. You know, it, it, it is one of those things that, of course, this in some ways wasn't supposed to happen uh, because you but know, it probably we was. don't really. Uh, Everything huh? happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Uh, and so Finn winning the title, this match with Kyle, um, in some ways doesn't seem like it was supposed to happen, but it did. And it became one of the best things that came out of this night um, and in NXT throughout the whole year. Um, we talked about last week about there's a rarity in 2020 of people really benefiting from this year. Um, and in this point in time, uh, and even for the rest of the year, this could be Kyle's time. Um, and, you know, we did see some things happen at the end uh, with Adam Cole being beat up to an unconscious pulp. Um, Before you go there, can I just want to go back to what you were saying about Kyle and Kyle's time. Mm-hmm. Um because I want to bring up something and it just won't make as much sense once we get into that next topic. So I forgot where I, my, my comparison now, which is killing me. I just lost it completely and, and it'll have to come back to me. Um, but okay, now I do know. So remember when Daniel Bryan had this whole big, huge WrestleMania moment, WrestleMania 30, all that. And then he had to go away. And at Money in the Bank, John Cena becomes WWE champion and then basically gets squashed by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. It's great that I'm telling the story now because Miranda is frozen. So when she unfreezes, which as soon as I, whenever I say you're frozen, you immediately unfreeze. I should just that that's the key to you unfreezing is as soon as you I need to just call it out and then you unfreeze. Anyway, so John Cena wins a championship, Money in the Bank goes on and just gets squashed by Brock Lesnar. Well, that was supposed to be Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was going to get squashed by Brock Lesnar to establish Brock as this monster and this villain and by by stomping out everyone's hero like a grape. Well, this was probably supposed to be Kyle O'Reilly versus Karrion Cross. Like, I mm-hmm. don't think that Kyle O'Reilly 
is the change in this. I think that Finn Balor is the change in this. Maybe it was going to be Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. I don't know. But I really think that Kyle O'Reilly was always going to be in this position just against Karrion Cross at some point. I think it's better with Finn Balor because he matches up better with Finn Balor and, and, and he can do more. Um, but that's, you know, we talk about the Daniel Bryan push. Like it's interesting because I think that he, he may not have been the replacement. Finn Balor may have been the replacement, but I love that they see this in Kyle and, and love where it is. And like I said, it's more important now because where you're going is going to completely derail that part of the topic a little bit because, well, Greg has ideas, but yes. Well, going real quick into what happened afterwards, um, just briefly, because it has implications seemingly for the Undisputed Era. Uh, Adam Cole uh, got beat up by, was it Rich? Ridge Holland. Ridge, Ridge Holland. Holland. Uh, and uh, pretty much just was thrown over the barricade uh, at uh, Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish uh, and Roderick Strong came out kind of just in a uh, panic. Um, so it seems like there's going to be a force uh, coming out to whether it's directed at uh, Adam Cole or the entire Undisputed Era. We will see. But uh, do I mean, uh, I'm not I mean, this was a bit surprising to me as far as this is, you know, the state that we saw um, Adam Cole in. Yeah. And, and OK. I got questions. First of all, if Kyle on, O'Reilly, I, you have so many questions, but uh, I'm going to, before okay. you, I'm going to enact a, a hashtag Miranda, right? Oh, hang on. Let me, let me get your music for you. Okay. She froze again. So I need to say she's frozen so she can unfreeze. Cause that's just what happens. It's a great pose that you're frozen in. Like seriously, it is a fantastic Fantastic pose. In fact, I hope. Yeah. Ah, oh, darn it! I was gonna take a picture. Ah, uh, boo. Anyways, okay. You have one question. What is the one question? Not many questions. You just have one. That's fine. That that's fine because my one question isn't my prediction that I told you about anyway. So, um, my one question is if Kyle O'Reilly is challenging Finn Balor for the NXT Heavyweight Championship. Why are Roger Strong and Bobby Fish not watching the match with Adam Cole? Mm. So why wouldn't they have been there when this supposed attack took place? That's that's a mystery. That's some unsolved. Can can we play the unsolved mysteries theme, or is that also popular? I'll do that instead. That's fine enough. Uh, but, you know, I, I think overall with this takeover, it solidified some things on the roster as far as who are some shining stars who are going to be some people to watch out on the roster. It's definitely opened some new chapters and contenders uh, throughout, and it definitely is open storylines uh, for us to take us really through the rest of this fall. So bravo to NXT, NXT TakeOver 31. Highly recommended. If for some reason you didn't watch it, well, you need to go and watch it right now. No, but I have to, I have to make my thing, my my. I don't know if it's a prediction, whatever I teased it as yesterday, or no today. Isn't today I told you I had something for the show. So you yesterday. have a bold is it considered a know. bold prediction? I don't know what you want to call it. We'll call it a bold prediction. Okay, Ridge Holland came to WWE Performance Center off the rugby field. Okay, that's what he was. He was a rugby player before right. coming to WWE, and. Someone else was a big-time rugby player 
before ascending to fame and fortune as an NFL punter and a podcaster. There is a legitimate connection between Ridge Holland and one Patrick McAfee. I don't think Pat McAfee's done. I think the mastermind behind this whole thing, splitting up the Undisputed Era, because it's obvious that Bobby Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong were in on it, and getting Ridge Holland to attack Adam Cole was all the mastermind of the greatest villain in 2020, Pat McAfee. And there's really only one way that I can that I can drive that home. Fuck you, Pat! That's all I can say. This is all the mastermind That's of Pat McAfee. I told you it would never come true. Who knows? Yeah, 2020 is a crazy year. So we will wait and see. But, you know, before we wait and see uh, all of that, we got some bills to pay, Greg. Yes, we do. And I got to get back. Going to the Pat McAfee soundbite, I, I moved all around. Here we go. Pay some bills. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So there was a little bit of Diet Pepsi left in the can, and I poured on my keyboard. <laughs> so that's wow, why. Greg. Wow. That's what I'm doing. Yep. There's a little bit in there. So try to be like, ooh, look how empty it is. There's a little drop left. And I got the keyboard. Yeah, because pretty much cleaned it up. You're just too, too confident for, for yourself. Anyways, real quick, the second topic that we've been teasing tonight. Uh, the leader of Retribution was revealed on this week's Raw. Someone that, you know, one. Frozen in time once again. And you're back. See, as soon as I say you're frozen, you come back. It's That's the magic Why trick. Why don't you... It's not the magic. It's not the magic. Uh, it's just... Just if you don't point it out, like... But when I point it out, you become unfrozen. And you don't know you're frozen. That's what you something. think. You think it's because you like your magic, like your Elsa, and like you freeze and unfreeze stuff, like... I definitely don't think I'm Elsa. I can I can confirm that for sure. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so we had a leader uh, of Retribution revealed. One, we didn't think uh, there was going to be a leader of Retribution. And, and this individual was probably not on the top of our list as potential leaders of Retribution. It all started with uh, Mustafa Ali in a match against MVP, uh, and then during that match, we had some disruption happening. Uh, the all of the Thunderdome went dark. Um, the lights went off, and the Retribution logo was all around the Thunderdome. And the members of Retribution came 
uh, to ringside um, and really surrounded the ring. Um, the Hurt Business was there accompanying and supervising or, or supporting MVP. Um, and, you know, Mustafa Ali, they switched that mindset from the match to, well, we got to work together in order to take down retribution. However, Mustafa Ali then rolls out of the ring to confront, uh, I don't remember, Slapjack and... That was uh, T-Bar and Mace that he was confronting. T-Bar and Mace. Yes. Yes. Comes out to confront T-Bar and Mace and stares them down. But instead of making a move, he ends up turning around and essentially aligning with them. Um, Retribution then takes care of the hurt business. They fight in and out of the ring and ultimately they successfully uh, beat them up and get them out. And we find out that Mustafa Ali is the leader of Retribution. Um, We haven't seen Mustafa Ali in quite a while. There was rumors at one point that he was the SmackDown hacker. Um, But, you know, he's been someone that we hadn't seen in quite a a while. And, uh, Definitely not on anyone's shortlist as the leader of Retribution. Um, or, sorry, Retribution. Retribution. But, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings uh, about this. Uh, you know, Retribution had been built up all summer as this big menacing force. Uh, but now we do start to see that it really is this Retribution versus the Hurt Business storyline. It's really brewing and developing. And now we have more of a clear path for that. I think at this point, I mean, why it doesn't hurt. What was Mustafa Ali doing? And again, it's an interesting turn in character for him. And at this point, it's what he needs. You know, he's played this this great baby face for quite a while, but that only gets you so far. Um, And I don't know if that will actually help the narrative of retribution as far as stars who felt discarded, who felt um, uh, that they were overlooked. Um, And Mustafa Ali does have that uh, absolutely um, as part of, you know, his uh, background and and, uh, his time on the roster. But it's also kind of an odd choice. Is that just me? Eh, No, I don't think it's just you. I don't think it's an odd choice because it needed to be shocking, right? It needed to be be a surprise. And it's an odd choice because I don't think he ever wanted to do the role, to be honest with you. Uh, Mustafa Ali has always wanted to be the hero. He literally became a Chicago police officer to help people. He like, is a real-life hero. He's a real-life hero. And, and he even kind of tweeted about how he had to give up on a dream. And, and so I think that's, and I think that's a, a shoot, as they, people like to say. Uh, but at the same time, we said it before, okay, retribution became retribution because it was dead in the water. Like it was just done. Like there was nothing they could do to save it. And then I think they saved it by having Mustafa Ali become the leader because they took someone that people actually care about. And when I say people, I mean the online fan base and Mustafa Ali and made him the leader of Retribution. And even if Retribution doesn't work out, it wasn't going to work out anyway. Mm-hmm. But now Mustafa Ali has something he can sink his teeth yes. into. And the turnaround is one of the best moves in professional wrestling. Like think back to when the invasion was taking place. And when all the WCW talent came down to the ring to fight the WWE talent and, and they were getting ready to do battle and all the ECW talent walked up and got in the face of the WCW guys and then turned around 
And the WWE guys were like, oh, shit. That's what MVP did. Uh, MVP, so brilliant in what he did. Like, it was so perfect that he was one of the match. Because he was kind of like being very hurt business with Mustafa Ali. What are you going to do? And Mustafa Ali goes out there and steps up to him. And MVP's like, look at this guy. He's either impressed or he's laughing because he's about to get destroyed. And then when Mustafa turns around, like, you see the look on MVP's face just completely change. Like, he puts over the whole thing. The only thing I didn't like was... They couldn't come up with a better line than the goofy heel line of get him. Like that just is, is you know, like, like I wish Mustafa could have said something a little bit cooler than get him, but whatever. Like I think Mustafa as the leader yeah. and his facial expression changed. Like it's not the role that he's probably born to play, but it's going to show us the skill that he has as a performer yes, in the his range. range is going to, and, you know, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to show his range in a way that, you had to kind of be a bad guy in order yeah. to do that. You know, that's the best yeah. evolution of someone's uh, career and, and longe- longevity and all of that. You know, I mean, you could only play a good guy f- for so long. And I understand there's this humanistic uh, aspect of it uh, for him personally. I also do think it's kind of weird in a way, like, you know, if your whole team or your whole group is all about, you know, um, uh, causing mayhem and destruction of public property and you know my, again but it's all fave you know it's all sports entertainment right. so you know that line doesn't really matter but at the, I, I get that in some sense but um you know like you said it doesn't hurt now it still feels like i wish the company was making a bigger deal out of it i was watching the top 10 moments from wwe and, and even wwe didn't list that as their number one moment of the night they actually had it at number three they had another moment from uh, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman as number two. And then um, I think it was uh, the match with uh, um, Drew McIntyre's number one. So I think that should have been the number one moment of the night, though. Oh, my gosh. I think it obviously, you know, so much to it that, you know, they they make this big turn, but yet now the company's. Got some freezing. Freezing again. Oh, no, you're back. You're back. You're freezing. (laughs) Now it's done. So, so yeah, again, I think next week's Raw will be very interesting to see what's this next level, this next step. Maybe we hear Mustafa Ali finally talk and and provide an explanation, the one that we've really been wanting uh, and needing, and not behind a muffle mask, but as Mustafa Ali. So that too, I could see where the potential, if he's out this voice, this figurehead or whatever of, of this uh, faction, you know, he could be that uh, voice that will help it be taken seriously. Um, and you keep the people behind the masks and whatnot. And again, too, you have a legit program with between retribution and the hurt business. Um, and you establish the hurt business as also a legitimate uh, group. So that I'm not mad at at all. I think it's actually a really great pairing because you also play with the hurt business isn't necessarily good guys um, or bad guys. You know, they're, well, they're just guys. They're heel characteristics, but they're in the hero role. Yes. They are. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. Um, I'm glad it was number three on the list because that's been part of the problem with retribution is that it was built up to be this like stable that's going to change raw and all. So again, it was 
Triple Dixie, the way they announced it. And it's better that they're just a storyline. It's better that they're not the storyline on Raw. And it's better that they have a defined program and, and we've established them great. And now they've kind of settled into a role. And it's better that they're number three on the marquee and not number one on the marquee. Because I don't think they could deliver as number one on the marquee. But I think they can deliver as number three on the marquee. There's so much you can do now they have a leader. They needed a leader. They lacked mm-hmm. leadership. T-Bar couldn't be the leader. He just couldn't. Like He had no credibility in that position. Mustafa Ali is a name, a face that people know. He has credibility. And there's so much you can do. Like, okay, the masks all suck, right? We know that. The masks are stupid. The names are stupid. So what if T-Bar goes out and does something, you know, and takes out Bobby Lashley, right? And maybe even wins the United States Championship, even if he doesn't, just, just physically takes him out. And now Mustafa says, you know what? You can take off the mask, T-Bar. Now you're Dominic Dijakovic. Like he can earn his mm. name. Like we can get rid of the stupid stuff. Yeah. And we can do it in a way that makes peel sense. Back. Exactly. Yeah. We can peel back the stupid things. And and maybe we just kick Shane Thorne out at some point because he's dead in the water anyway. So his name's Slapjack and he's wearing a plate on his face. Like it's just not going to work. But they can they can make up for it now. Like they have the storytelling opportunities at their disposal. I don't know if they're going to use them. You know, they listen to this show, so now they can because we've told them what yes, to do. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. that's a, a factor. But this can save retribution. It can save and, – and if Mustafa Ali fails as leader of retribution, he's just going to go back to being whatever he was going to be. Like, Yeah, this I mean, at this point, on the it, it can't I, – I don't think it's going to completely be detrimental to his career. Because also, I mean, the fact that he's leading this group, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I ever saw him leading anything, to be no. honest. And that's not that's not a slight on him. It's just the the way that the company had set him up, and you know, uh, really, I think our perception of, of him as uh, just being more of a supporting character um, and not a star. I mean, you got to take big chances in order to get that big reward, um, and this is one of them. I I, do, I agree, though. I don't think it's going to make retribution worse. You know, retribution was getting worse all by itself. Um, so I do think it could be better. It almost makes me feel like uh, it could be a little bit of the straight edge society and, and CM Punk type of role, you know, that, um, you know, Mustafa is really this guy leading the the, um, the the directionless, you know, that he gathered these people who all had no sense of direction and meaning and he brought them together to bring them purpose. You know, that's a pretty powerful type of role. And again, I didn't think of Mustafa Ali in that, but in, in wrestling, that type of character, when you bring that essence, when you put that in a story can do wonders for, you know, uh, the way that you're perceived and, and your career in general. So we will continue to see what happens with retribution. I'm sure we'll have some developments um, throughout the next few weeks. And that does it for another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Thank you all so much for listening and watching. Don't forget that you can find this podcast and others on thecheershot.com. Sorry, I was preparing your show ending music again. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Okay, I'll go back to that now. Well, because I usually pause because as soon as I say something, then you you just you just press the button. So I Wild card, bitches! Yeah! You done? Okay. Absolutely. 
you go to thechairshot.com to listen to this podcast and others. Also, you can stream this through your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Google, iTunes, and so on and so forth. Those are just the, the main ones. I stream through Spotify personally. That's my favorite. Uh, but while you're there, also, you can subscribe uh, so that you can follow along and make sure you get notified when this podcast and others from the Chair Shot Radio Network drop. You can rate and review so you can leave us a five star rating and you can leave comments as to things that you like about the show, topic recommendations, so on and so forth. Uh, and if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. You can go to the Chair Shot's YouTube page where you can see this whole conversation and loveliness happening every single week. I uh, see our lovely faces all the time because we got, you know, this is this face ain't going to hide behind, you know, a microphone. This face has been meant to show the world. Um, and speaking of seeing our faces, you can follow us on social media at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook, at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, at Chairshot Media. So you can follow the Chairshot on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, thank you all again so much for listening to the show, for watching it. Uh, I'm always truly honored that you take the time out of your week to listen to the show. Uh, let us know your thoughts on social media as far as what you think on our thoughts uh, for NXT TakeOver 31 and Retribution. Um, and you know what? We're going to do this again. I'm always going to be back with you guys. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. And don't forget to soft style. <laughs>